Welcome to Sinner Saint Sister. I'm Allison Sullivan, and this is a podcast about sometimes saving the world and sometimes just surviving in it. In the next hour or so, we will nurture our friendships, explore our joy, shake our fists, all while trying to serve our God, and most likely, all while wearing pajamas. I hope you hear something that lets you know you are loved and helps you love one another. Welcome to Sinner Saint Sister. In the spring, my husband coaches t-ball. Without fail, he comes home chuckling because the kids, no matter what, with earnest precision, at the very end of every game, rush to him and ask breathlessly, what was the score, coach? And my husband shakes his head and laughs. It's an audacious thought in the middle of all that chaos that they want to know who had it best. He chuckles to himself, thinking of the kid who collects dirt rocks while in the outfield, consistently bringing them to the pitcher's mound, no matter what else is going on on the field. And the little girl who practices her cartwheels and lets grounders roll right on by. And the second baseman who gets confused when the other team gets a hit and starts running the bases himself. Backwards. He shakes his head at their desire to have a place to stand the tallest, the most right, the winningest. They long for a way to measure so that they might know for certain they are better. All the while butchering the fundamentals of baseball. The kids are dying to know. So he clasps their shoulder and he looks them in the eye and he says, We're all even, kiddo. We're all even out there. Is it loneliness? Is it belonging? Is belonging the opposite of loneliness? Do we have a word for that? What is it exactly that makes us need to know that we're the truest, the rightest, the holiest, the best? Five years old, 35 years old, 65 years old, there is desire to get it right and there is desire to belong and there's desire to know that we're the best. And I know belonging isn't an ignoble thing. After all, God wants us to belong too. All together, interconnected, neighbors like selves, everyone. God came for everyone. But in my loneliness, in my uncertainty, I know that I've taken shortcuts to belonging. And those shortcuts have led to rejections and judgments of others. I know that this is true for me. Sure, it's easy to find people like me and make a team, be a part of a mission and revel in the camaraderie of a club. Jump on board, throw my arms around people, these people only who look and think and act and pray like me and then miss a much bigger picture. Our titles and our man-made groups, they might be an instant fix to our loneliness, but so often in our desires to align ourselves with something, that alignment forms boundaries where none were intended. And it's not the kind of belonging that God calls for. It's too small. It's too easy. It's not true. I was involved in a mom's group at our church, and the group wasn't all that thriving or dynamic. It was just a couple of women each time, led by a nun, a little on the serious side. Almost every week, I left feeling like I had probably talked too much. There were no thrills, no frills. We looked at what the reading would be for the next week, and Sister Joanne would ask probing questions to pry words out of our modest little mouths. We mostly sat around looking at our hands, silently begging for someone to just please offer something. Because my threshold for awkward is below sea level, it was always me, the hyper-friendly convert, driveling on and on, and I left annoyed with myself week after week. One day in particular, Sister Joanne asked us to begin our lesson by closing our eyes and taking a few deep breaths. A little uncomfortable in such a small group, but Sister Joanne seemed to have no trouble with the artlessness of dragging people along. On our first big inhale... She said, breathe God in. And on our exhale, she said to breathe love out. Over and over, she said it, breathe God in, breathe love out. And just like that, through several inhalations and exhalations, our stiff group sat there experiencing God together as easy as the air we breathed. There was something about remembering our most basic function side by side, practicing it in rhythm that made me want to reach for my neighbor's hand, rest my palm on her knee. 
We filled our lungs and forgot our hesitation and found our peace. In our meeting that day, it bore more fruit. Cheerful and willing, we went about our reading for that day, and no one got a lobotomy or anything. I mean, we were still us. But on the spectrum of silent, awkward, painful, our time together was much less scarring. We pushed through the ache and found each other in it. It was nice, and it seemed to loosen something locked between us. Why? Because we shared something simple? I couldn't be sure. Instantly, while breathing, I was reminded of the yoga classes I had taken over the years, the ins and the outs, the oddity of experiencing solitude right next to another, and by God, the magic of oxygen. Without moving a muscle, I found myself practicing yoga that morning with Sister Joanne and my shame-faced sisters. Sister Joanne and the ways that she had prompted us that day led to a few private ideas that didn't seem impossible. I had practiced yoga before and used it as my own personal prayer space, but instead of a nameless, intentionally vague yoga class, what if our risen Lord was actively celebrated throughout a class through scripture, meditation, breathing, music, prayer, stillness, community, and worshiping through our moving bodies that house his spirit? Yes, please. Christian yoga. Once I had the idea of Christian yoga, I couldn't get enough of it. So my excitement led to yoga school, which led to certifications, which led to a desire to share Christian yoga in my community. Naively, I called around, dropped by churches, and with my brightest smile asked if there was room that they could spare one night a week to house a few searchers while we practice Christ-centered yoga. The initial responses were different, but the end results were the same. It was a quick and easy no. When church staff was trying to be polite, they would let me know they already had an exercise program and then stare at me with a fixed smile until I was all the way out the door and headed to my car. When they weren't trying to be polite, they would say that they weren't sure that yoga wasn't from the devil. With the first and second and third rejection, I gracefully accepted our differences and left with hope for the courageous open mind of the next church. But with each rejection spreading my hope more and more thin, I felt the growing desire to defend myself in those potpourri offices. It was exasperation and hopelessness that led to this conversation one day. After explaining my desires, a thin, well-dressed, perfectly bobbed, middle-aged lady in navy pumps at the helm of her oversized desk said this, her, are you aware that yoga has Hindu roots? I am, I said. Are you aware that those people use yoga to pray to their gods? I am, I said. She raised her eyebrows as if to say, well. Well, I said, I think worship is intentional. I don't think anyone in my class would accidentally become a Hindu, if that's what you mean. Not with our hands lifted high praising God, our Christian music blaring, our hearts open wide and our spirits so willing. So, she said, you think it's okay to pray the exact same way that a Hindu prays? Hmm, I said. More so, I believe that time-seeking communion with God is covered. Protect it. You know, the whole where two or more gather thing. Our hearts are fixed on him and our motives are pure. And to think that God doesn't honor that, well, it's just not the God I know. Hmm, well, I guess I'm not so sure how well you know God. Since you aren't at all cautious, she snipped. This seems reckless. Oh, yeah, I said, having enough. Well, I'm not sure how well you know God, since you aren't at all open to a physical moving prayer, when it's him who came up with the magic of our bodies, what makes them healthy, the science of oxygen, carbon dioxide, stretching and breathing, and the beauty of great music. I'm not so sure how well you know God, Karen, since you can't even take one little step outside of the silk-flowered office space. And by the way, Hindus also pray by kneeling. Should we quit doing that too? What about beads? Should I quit praying my rosary? They pray by chanting and singing. Should we quit doing that? Because Gregorian monks have been chanting for centuries. Jesus, why are people such jerks? Her, staring directly over my shoulder and at my car's back wheel crossing the white line of my parking spot, nonchalantly smiled tightly. Oh, yeah, she said. I'm a jerk. Well, you kind of parked like a jerk, so you can go now. Obviously, the answer's no. She was calm, cool, and certain. I was frantic and desperate and pissed. And there we were, two people following the same God, cussing each other out in our heads. 
Her for my mindlessness, me for her heartlessness. Both of us feeling so right. All while butchering the fundamentals. I'm embarrassed to admit to this verbal combat in the office of a church, no less, but the dark truth is that it happens all the time in my head. Other Christians have a tendency to drive me crazy. Maybe it's their cheer, maybe it's their gloom and doom, but all day, every day, not even for very good reasons, perfectly nice people can just annoy me. Ironically, the people who annoy me the most are the people who are annoyed by other people. I know, God has a rich sense of humor. The irony isn't lost on me. Ultimately, the people on the receiving end of my judgment are the judgmental. I guess what I really want to know when this question is for me too, why can't we honor God in one another even when it doesn't look the same? I slap my forehead, grit my teeth, and roll my eyes at all the eye rollers and join in the large crowd of people connected by hate. We have our chosen verses, and we've clutched them tightly in our holy hands. We've grasped our reasons and banged each other over the heads with them, and then we stare at each other dumbfounded that church membership is declining. The only thing helping these days with my cynicism is taking a moment to remember that we share something simple. Just like that small, sheepish circle of women being led by a nun to reduce our awkwardness, simply inhaling and exhaling in unison, finding something sacred in the oxygen we breathe, I have decided to strip it down to the most elemental of connections. And that is that we are all children of the same God. We are all his children, just children, with our own desires and gifts and needs and bruises and bullies and big, big dreams. Children. Where the world is confusing and nothing fits quite right and things stay sticky and we stay scared. Children. And picturing us together as children, perhaps playing t-ball, wanting to know who has it the most right, it's helping. We are told that unity and love between members will be the hallmark of legitimate discipleship. And Jesus goes so far as to call it a new commandment. So now I am giving you a new commandment. Love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. And what's most interesting is who Jesus is talking to. These words were spoken in the upper room. Jesus wasn't speaking to the masses. He was speaking to his disciples. And as it turns out, Christians will not be known by our t-shirts or our playlists or our beards. We will not be known by our doctrines or our accuracy in interpreting scripture or how we feel about infant baptism or our end times theologies. We will be known by our love. And as a sister, I stay at the throat of my sister and I speak harshly against her for not holding my same conviction. And I find it quite all right to bang my head because I cannot fathom how someone could disagree with me. Yearning for a place to stand where I am the most right, I hang out in my smallest concentric circle and I tisk tisk at those in the larger circle surrounding me. If only they could be a little more right, just a little closer to center. But the truth is that Jesus died for people who killed him and I am rolling my eyes at people who disagree with me. Can we let that hang for a second? As Christians, we all believe that Jesus came, Jesus died, Jesus rose, and Jesus lives. And the source of unity, of course, is Jesus and all other matters, even if they are important, need to be scaled down to their proper proportion. In focusing my eager energies on divisive matters, I take my eyes off the magnitude of Jesus' love for every last one of us, his children. Taking up our causes with people who disagree with us and extending kindness to those who can fit in the smallest circle, well done, There's nothing supernatural about that. But kindness in the midst of disagreeing, stripping down to the most basic thing that connects us, the air we breathe, the sisterhood we share, acknowledging the inner child, embracing the fundamentals, despite two opposite tightly held convictions. Yeah, there's something divine about that. It's eye-catching. And it's eye-catching because it's not human. And this is how we will be called disciples. I'm no longer mad at those people who are cautious about allowing yoga in their buildings. I don't think they're stupid. I'm not rolling my eyes at them. And it's not because I agree with them. But Jesus' words have taught me that the size of my opinion doesn't matter when compared to the size of his love. Yoga makes some people feel cautious. Big deal. And for them, yoga might actually be dangerous. How could I ever know? For me, it happens to be healing. 
Instead of concentrating on the disparity and insisting on sameness, I can instead concentrate on the fundamentals. Jesus came, Jesus died, Jesus rose, Jesus lives. And there might be something about remembering our most elemental truth side by side, remembering that we are children that will make me want to reach for my neighbor's hand and rest my palm on her knee. Sharing something simple might loosen something locked. From the book of Second John, I have much to write to you, but I do not want to use paper and ink. Instead, I hope to visit you and talk with you face to face so that our joy may be complete. This is my friend Liv. We've been friends for 24 years. If Dory and Tigger and Cheer Bear Care Bear and Buddy the Elf and St. Joan of Arc all had a baby, it would produce a Liv. And when we are face to face, my joy is complete. Liv Harrison. Hey. Hi, friends. Hey, friends. I'm so glad you're here. <laughs> I'm so excited to be here. I feel like we've needed to do this for a while. Um, I think since I met you, I have wanted to do this. Before I even knew what po- I invented podcast for this moment. Because I only want to sit and talk to you with a microphone. Yes. <laughs> this needs to be published. Mm-hmm. So we've been friends since high school. Since high school, although I actually thought we were friends in junior high, but we did not go to the same junior high. No, that never happened. So I made that up, but I often make up things. I'm like, <laughs> how do I know you? And didn't like, we have sleepovers? And aren't you my sister? And people are like, nope. I like that. this kind of wishful thinking. I like it. I like where you're going. Okay. I, you thought we shared a notebook. <laughs> I thought we actually had a notebook where I would write you a note. And mm-hmm. do you remember how to fold you it folded in the 90s? It. You, you folded that? it, yeah. Heck yeah. And then it was just really puffy paper yep, yep, in a the notebook. Whole notebook. And and that we would put it in between our lockers. But apparently that wasn't you. Yeah, how do those things catch from school to school? Isn't I don't know. But interesting? No, I don't know if anybody else did it. People did it at our high school. Well, I really remember doing it in junior high. It was junior high. With you know who I had one with? Who? For certain two people. For certain. Yeah, I don't know if I can I'm believe about- you. <laughs> about <laughs> Listen, I'm about to get braggy. Okay. Okay. Okay, are you ready to be amazed? Matt Bomer. I knew you were going to say that. It's true. Why is he? It's true. I was with him this summer in New York. I got confirmation. That y'all shared a notebook? We most certainly did. Now, can I find it? No, because Jesus hates me. But (laughs) I am in a professionally taken photo with Matt Bomer as well. Okay. Well, there you go. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We were both on homecoming court. Oh. Oh, now you're bragging. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, maybe you don't remember me. Um, I was a big deal in high school. Oh, gosh. High school was horrible. No, it was not. You sailed through high school, didn't you? I I can't talk to you right now. Are you kidding? I hated high school. I loved high school. Of course you did. I didn't sail through, but I think that's because I have no idea what was going on. I was like, that's a high school musical. Again, something I knew before it happened. Yes. Because that right. just got released like Look at you summer. praying all these things into place. I made all these things, America. <laughs> Podcast and Troy from High School Musical. If anybody actually knows what that is, that would be Zach Efron. Um, I loved high school, but I really do think I was delusional. Uh, although you know what? I had a lot of healing at my reunion, which that would be interesting Agreed. to talk about. Agreed. I had a tremendous amount of healing I at my too. high school reunion. Uh, yeah, same. I was not you prepared know what? for that. It turned out I wasn't the only one who matured nicely. Right? <laughs> like, I love all these people. Yeah. Okay, but the other, because I know you want to know... I know everyone's wondering who was the other notebook with. Oh, yeah, I would. Yes. On the edge of my seat. Go. <laughs> Pins, needles, <laughs> all over here. Say it. Lynn Collins. Don't look at me like you don't know who that is. <gasps> you know what? Everyone I know in the world, get out your IMDb app, which what did we do before I am? Please tell me you know what that is. Oh I can't gosh. have this conversation. I'm going to leave now, except hold on. I have to finish my coffee. <laughs> What the hell are you talking about? What are you talking about? Do you live in America? IMDb, International Movie Database. Stop. It's how you like research famous people? Yes, I will do it right now. Because I constantly have to show people like, oh, I went to high school with this person. Listen, I'm going to use it, Allison. We went to high school with a... I can't. You're such a good person. Who'd you say? Lynn Collins? Lynn Collins. She dated Keanu Reeves for six months. Oh, are you, you just said that with a straight face. Heck yeah, I did. <laughs> he left her for Susan Sarandon. She was in 30, uh, 13 going on 30. She was in 51st State. She I don't was even in, recognize her, Liv. I don't. I don't know who that I is. I can't with you. Are you kidding? She was in John Carter of Mars. The lead. She was in with Pacino and Ralph Fiennes. Is she Cleopatra? What's going on no, there? She's a 
poor, uh, this is Deja in, uh, that's not the same person you just showed me. Yes, it 100% is. This oh. is called hair and makeup. This is why I want to be famous <laughs> for this reason alone. Okay. Listen, yeah. can I tell you the one memory that I yeah. have of you in high school? I'm so nervous. No, oh, no, God. you shouldn't be. Does it deal with volume of sound? Mm-mm. Great. I'm ready. We were away at uh, newspaper and yearbook camp. Yeah. At San Marcos. And, you know, we were in a dorm situation with people. And you and I both love Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so maybe we were talking about Jesus. I I can't remember the specifics. But someone with us, perhaps in the same dorm room, I don't know, says, I'd like to know more about that. And so we start talking about Jesus and she's intrigued and I think she might have even said something like I feel like I've always known this tug I've always had this inner knowledge I just never really quite had names for it before and how do I become a Christian and you pop up and you're like let's do it right now like you were so what? like and you I was, in a dorm room yeah. Okay, kind of kind keep going. I mean, you're just this little like missionary, right? Here's what I did. I said, "Now, now, now." <laughs> <laughs> I said, "Wait a second. What? What? What did I do that for? This I don't know what you were about to do. Were you like about to baptize?" We don't her know. <laughs> we don't know. I didn't do it. I, you shut it down. I put a kibosh on the you whole thing. You shut it down. I shut it down. We need to pray for her is okay. what needs to happen. Do you, know, you can tell me off mic. Do you know who it was? No. Dang it. I know. We need to pray for this person. Listen. The Lord knows. The Lord knows who it is. And we need to pray for her because... What was I going to say? What did I have to offer? I'm Catholic, first of all. What well, you were about like? to run to the sink and baptize the girl in the name well, of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. It, it's happen. valid. <laughs> <laughs> Let's test this out, shall we? <laughs> I don't know what you're about to do, Dang but it. I ruined it. Is I, mean, I don't remember. This that. is our connection in high school. Great. Is you, this this disciple, this missionary, and me going now, now. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, that was my whole life. Live. I was at a football game with my parents at Reliance Stadium at the Texans, and they said now, now, and they were like, "Could you sit down and be quiet?" So I'm used to that. Like now, at Reliance now. Stadium. At Reliant Stadium. Yeah. So I get you. Yeah. I hear you. You're fine. But here's what I love about you. Yeah. I feel like you have cornered the market on joy. Mm. I think that you enter into conversations so honestly and authentically that it makes friendship happen very quickly. Like you, oh. it, so even though you and I do have longevity, yeah, we do. I, that's not why um, we're able to penetrate so deeply. It's because you know exactly who you are, whose you are, all of those things, and you can enter in in this very um, real way where there is no pretense. And it's lovely, and I love it. That's and I'm very kind. So glad that we're friends. It is easier to go to that place with people who are the same For in sure. that sense. Yeah. I usually the the joy can also scare people because mm. they just think, and I think that's why I do so well with people who have known me, mm-hmm. even in high school, even for little moments. Mm-hmm. You know that mm-hmm. maybe we didn't stay best friends or whatever because they're like. No, God bless. She has been like this since we were 12. This isn't fake. This isn't put on. Right. This, this isn't, isn't, this isn't a now. tool. Exactly. The, yeah. They're like, no, no. That's how I've remembered her my whole life. Because this is I'm, how God knit you together. Yeah. And it is it is definitely, um, like everything else, it is definitely the best and worst quality for me. Now, not that joy is the worst quality. I mean, it brings no, a I'm, lot of heartache. Yeah. Sure. Because I do get called to the carpet all the time. Yeah. People are like, oh, this isn't authentic. There's no possible way you're this excited, this happy all the time time and then Nathan my husband who I've known since I was 15 is like no yeah no this is yep (laughs) well I was worried about you last night I'm like I really want you to have a leisurely drive in I want this to be a relaxing experience for you and you've been going 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 and so I'm I'm just kind of worried about your pace right now and you text me back I have the energy of a nine-year-old I do Basically, like, the day after Halloween when, like, your mom lets you have, like, the candy that day and you bring it to lunch and you have, like, the Halloween cupcake that's still on the table. That nine-year-old specifically, that's me on a Tuesday. Like, that's just all the time. And people ask Nathan, like, they do. They ask my husband. They're like, so does she? And he's like, yeah, no, she 
goes to sleep like this. And um, yeah, she wakes up like yeah. this. And I do hit a wall and I know people wait for the wall. People tell me like they, yeah. people love a story, man. They love to know like, and so when does this stop? Right. Right. Okay. Yeah. What does I, it look like when this yeah. all comes crashing down? Right. <laughs> it's like, God, y'all, I'm not a Kardashian or an Olympic athlete. Like, we're like, so when do we find out you've been on drugs <laughs> as a gymnast? And it's like, why are you gonna hate? Like, what is that about? <laughs> yes, I'm a human in that sense, but it rarely happens. But I do hit a wall and I need about 24 hours and I'm good to go. 24 hours. I'm sitting here thinking, I don't know what pace you're talking about. Like, I feel like I don't do enough. Mm, mm. I tell Nathan all the time, I'm like, I've got 30 minutes. Mm. Should I, like, I mean, like, I should be, he's like, you could just stop. You could just. But I don't understand that concept. But anyway, my mom says I was born with a smile on my face. So Mm. it seems like it's from the get-go. Yeah. But it is hard. It is hard because people constantly question my motives. They constantly question my agenda or whatever. That's good. Yeah, that's painful though. It, It has, yes, it absolutely has been. But I'm at this point in my life where I'm like, isn't 40 great? Oh, God. She just did the Ross signal, you guys. <laughs> you can hear it. <laughs> but the Ross and Monica. And Monica's like, everybody knows what that means. So we can say it. Oh, but isn't that true that our greatest gifts have the most potential to oh, bring man. us the most pain? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So I think that's, I mean, that's not unique. I'm not, that's why I tell people all the time, like, I'm not unique compared to anybody. We're yeah. all the same. Yeah. It's just we manifest things in different ways. Yeah. Well, let's let's talk about your pace for a minute. You have been um, killing it for the Lord lately. That's that's, that's a funny <laughs> crushing thing. Yeah. <laughs> You've nice. been crushing, it for, crushing it for the Lord. So let, let's talk about your pace. Let's talk about your ministry. What are sure. you doing these days? Like okay, crazy. I I feel like it's not that big of a deal, but I've been on the radio a lot lately. Yes, I know. Um, last week I was on Jen Fulweiler's show, which I find myself. Often on that show, they already yeah. booked me again, which I think I'm on. I think I've been on it like 17 or 18 times. Oh wow! I didn't and know I it was even, like double it's digits. It's been a lot, yeah. Yeah. So I was last week. She missed a. Her plane was doing something weird. I don't know. So I ended up going uh, live with her for two hours. And golly, man, I tell you what. There's a reason why Jesus has not given me my own radio show. Why? I because I'd love it too much. Because he knows that I would be like. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, oh, I love radio. It's like my favorite. I'll be back on the radio in Houston Monday morning. You know, I've been pestering you. You need a podcast? I know. You're cute. Yes? Okay. No? I'm not going to talk about that. No! I mean, <laughs> I, mean I think you might really love a podcast. I, I, it's your own radio station. I know, but what do I have to say? Oh, but the radio would tell me what to say, right? Don't they, like, give you a... I don't know. Working do you want to be told what to say? I feel more comfortable working for someone than just of myself. I don't have a lot of like, I know, right? That's like a therapy session. I don't have a lot of, um, I struggle with self-worth. So that is definitely something that, that is a hindrance in my ministry. Like for instance, I'm doing these conferences. Okay. I work with a, they're called fullness of truth. They do evangelization yes. ministry. Ooh, sorry. Okay. And, um, and I like that I'm under their umbrella. Okay. Because I like having a platform, I think. Uh-huh. Otherwise, I don't think I have enough to bring to the table. Does that make sense? Okay. I don't think that about other people. Yeah. I'm talking specifically about myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I like being, you know, like people having Some me do ditches. things. Some ditches. It's like you have guardrails. I'm between these so, yeah. I just I... don't think enough of my own ministry to be like, no, I should do this all on my own. <laughs> like, you know, uh-huh. I don't feel like I have enough to bring to the table. But... I do like being a part of something. And I'm like, no, I can definitely help shine here or help illuminate this. Yeah. I like that. But I also think it does go deeper into like, oh, that's really about my self-worth and esteem. Interesting. Right? I'm, the, I'm the opposite where I'm afraid that if I'm speaking for someone else, I'm going to mess it up. Ah. And then everyone's going to be mad at me because I just said something wrong. But if I'm a lone ranger, if I can just kind of stay out here on my own, you can do it. It only falls on me. Nobody's going to be mad at me. I I feel afraid of representing correctly. But if I'm just representing myself, yeah, yeah. then. Okay. So isn't that interesting that we can come at, because we kind of have a similar, it's a similar wound, but it manifests differently. And we're doing similar work. That's fascinating. I love that. Can we talk for a minute about, because I feel, you know, you came in and we started um, commiserating just the tiniest bit about how ministry's hard. What's been hard for you in ministry lately? Oh, man. I tell you what. I said this to Jen Fulweiler last week um, when we were in between shows. I said, 
the Catholic church is turning me into a feminist and she died laughing. And I knew she knew what I meant because I've never thought of myself as a quote unquote feminist because I don't really fit the secular feminist, right? I don't, I'm Catholic and I believe in it. Like I don't use birth control. I, you know, I'm, I, I'm pro-life. So I've never really identified with feminism per Until se. Until now. Until now. Until Good. the women's ministry work Welcome. I've been doing. <laughs> Grab a cup of coffee. Well, you know, I I put this on um, on Facebook the other day, and and then I realized it might have come off like more aggressive than I intended it. But people were talking about just the things that wonk the 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 wonky things that people have done with the term feminism. Sure. I'm like, but that's not the term's problem. I know. Okay, so feminism is a beautiful thing. It's like this radical idea that women are people too and deserve. You're not wrong. Yeah. Okay. So, I I am wrong. I'm now publicly no, stating no, but there's a misunderstanding. There's and, a, there's a, a yes. Yeah. I mean, and people have done really um, you know aggressively hostile things in the name of in feminism. the name in the name Correct. of feminism. Okay, but all that to say, sure. So, so you're not a feminist. Tell us about that. Liz. <laughs> <laughs> I like saying I'm a new wave feminist. Uh-huh. Is that that is yeah. that the yeah. thing or yeah. whatever? Where no, I I mean I tell you what, there's a big boys club out there and in ministry. But weren't we all baptized, you know, priest, prophet, and king? I think we also need female voices in ministry. I think we need female speakers. Absolutely. We need female people out there with, we do come at the world in a different yes. vision. And so and anywhere decisions are being made. Yeah. A woman needs to be there. Yes. But it's a big old boys club out there. So yeah, it's very interesting. And then here's the thing. Let's say I get into women's ministry, right? I am there. I don't really fit the mold. Interesting. I got brought in to lead a women's retreat a half day on the domestic home already my like blood pressure like goes through the roof because i'm thinking first of all i'm the least domestic human we've Mm. met um home means a lot of things to me but Mm. i know what they're talking about i am not joanna Gaines. i am not martha stewart i've lost friendships over that Mm. because i don't I don't female in the way that a lot of females do. Mm -hmm. I don't vocation in the way that a lot of Mm -hmm. people do. So now applying that to ministry, when I'm asked to give femininity talks or feminine talks or domestic home talks, I'm like, are you kidding me right now? Like I am the least, I don't know how to do that. I can tell you what that means to me, but I'm just telling you that it's going to be different than what you originally asked me to do. And making a space where that's okay, I think is really important because, and, and from somebody that kind of bristles a little in hearing the word women and ministry together, Mm. because here's the thing, I love women and I love ministry. So what is it about women's ministry that makes me like, ah, just a little bit skeptical, but what it is, is it's the one size fits all. Exactly. It's the one size fits all. I can't do it. Exactly. And, but I think that to say, oh, then I don't like women's ministry is kind of throwing a baby out with the bathwater because I have a lot of hope. I have a lot of hope in a way to do this that doesn't alienate anybody. Right. And that gives a lot of space to our diversity and our different giftings and all of our callings and any stage of life that you're in. Yep. And so I, I think that it's a little premature or a little too skeptical to say, oh, women's ministry is not for me. No, that's not true. Let's find a women's ministry that is for you. It's kind of like saying, oh, women are catty. Okay. Right. Well, not, not, not this kind. Not this kind of woman. She's not catty. Right. So you can, it is big enough. Women's ministry can be big enough to find a niche for yourself that says, ah, okay, I can relax here instead of tense up here. I love that. No, and I think you're so right. Like, like there's a place at the table for everyone. And I think that's a really good point to say, like, look, I'm not a fan of the current climate of women's ministry. So maybe that is what I am being championed to do. Absolutely. To offer, Be the change you want to see. Offer a different, a different type of women's ministry or a different perspective or different lens. Because here's the thing. I don't have anything against watercoloring. I, sure. Great. It's beautiful. Nothing. I don't have anything against, you know, Joanna Gaines and Mark. Are you kidding? I sit there. I'll watch. I love shiplap. Like, it's not about that. But that's not where, you know what I'm saying? That's not where I thrive and that's not where, like, I whatever. And it's not, here's what I want for women. And this is what I think the whole, the whole message of, you remember the movie Mean Girls? Sure. With Rachel McAdams, you know, and jo- Regina George. This is the whole purpose. Like what you're saying, there's a, there's a spot for everyone at the table 
there is there is absolutely opportunity for everyone's voice to be heard and that it's not just one perspective one vision saying and this is what it is the thing about that character regina george was she said this is the way it is this is what it means to be a girl in high school this is what it means to be popular this is what it means to be whatever and is that true sure but you don't have to take away from the woman next to you to be the woman that you were created to be. Mm -hmm. So it's that whole concept about lighting a candle. Mm -hmm. You know, when you light someone else's candle, your candle flame doesn't blow out. We don't need to freak out Amen. about lighting a different candle, Amen. different color, different size, different shape. Your candle can still stay, stay lit. It's not about taking away. And as women, if we could get that concept, I'm not taking away from you because I don't have the same candle that you have. I'm saying, here, let me use your fire to flame this. And now the next woman comes up behind me and she takes the fire and flames her. Like, that's what it's about. It's not about Regina George can only be friends with three people. Mm -hmm. In order to be friends with you, she has to drop those other girls. I'm so tired of that. Yeah. Or in order to do this ministry, I have to drop this. I can only fit in this box, like what you're talking about. No, yeah. no, 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 no. We're saying that's fine. Do that at the end of the table. Yeah. But look, this part of the table can be doing this. Yeah. This part of the table can be doing this. That's okay. That it's image. the same table. I mean, my mind is picturing this landscape of that's candles. What I see. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah. That's so wonderful. Because the bottom line is that the Lord values it all. Okay, so the watercoloring or the scrapbooking or the, or the homemaking or, or whatever, I, that, that doesn't resonate that, that deeply with me. I, it's, not that I, it's not that I don't value that. I do. Um, it's that it's not my gifting. The Lord values it all. I'm thinking specifically of Mary and Martha. Yes. And, oh, my gosh. You know, Amen. She's in the kitchen. Yep. And, and she's, she's fretting. She's worrying. And is, you know, working her fingers to the bone. Yeah. And Mary's at his feet. The Lord, as Martha's getting angrier and angrier, the Lord is saying, it's okay. It's okay for y'all to be doing different things. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying I don't want to eat, Martha. Right. So you keep being you, you keep doing your thing, but don't be angry because you're doing different things. And so we have got to filter out that anger and that skepticism. It's not kind. It no, is not kind. Don't blow out my candle because I'm, not blowing, right. because I'm not blowing out yours. Yeah. I am not saying I don't appreciate and respect what natural gifts that we have, that we have quote unquote made feminine or come to the table saying this is a feminine thing. I come at my femininity and the way that I was placed on this planet just differently. That's right. all. That's it. And sameness makes me lose my mind. Golly. Sameness makes me absolutely Let's just crazy. Link arms. <laughs> link arms and make a chain. Yeah. Like, we, I'm not going to blow out your candle. Don't blow out mine. That's it. That's all I want to say. And yes, I got to do my own laundry. Yeah. And I have to feed my family. And I do all the same things just like every other, you know, person on the planet has to do. Because, yes, we all have to come to that place. But some of us have gifts in other places. And in female women ministry... I'm just saying I want to come at it from a different angle. That's it. It's yeah. not scary. So what does the perfect female conference look like? Liv? Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> well, it would be named Genius. <laughs> You're saying this because I do have a female conference that I am leading. And what's interesting is that the people who asked me to lead it, I never in a million years, A, would I have thought to do a female conference. Because like we just shared, that's not, I don't go to, like women's conferences are not a thing for me, like personally. So it was never on my radar. Mm -hmm. um, but they approached me because they are a very different kind of conference group. I keep telling everybody, think of the Big Bang Theory, the TV show. Now imagine all those guys are Catholic, okay? They're not <laughs> like, you know, space engineers. They're like like theologians. All yeah. these people have PhDs in theology. <laughs> and then I'm Penny. Like if I looked like a hot blonde, which I don't know why Jesus decided that was not what we were going to do. <laughs> we'll be talking about that. Because she's in here. I've got questions. But if I were hot blonde, that's kind of what I bring to this group. It's a different energy. Mm. So they asked me to do this conference. And I said, well, listen, you guys. And the people, the people who do these conferences are Fullness of Truth. So Fullness of Truth said to me, will you make a female conference? And automatically I got like sick to my stomach. I was like, mm. why, would I, why would I invent? Like, why would we create something I don't even want to go to? Yeah. So then they, I said, well, it will not look like your conferences. And they were like, well, that's why we're asking you. And I was like, oh, I now see you. Now we're talking. Oh, I see you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so it even has its own website. Sheisgenius.com. You can check it out. Um, in fact, one of the speakers is, oh, that's right, you. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. How weird. Oh, what? That it. just lined up I'm nicely. so excited. 
I just believe so in women to do powerful things in our church and it does not do us any good. There is a nuance to women's ministry and it does not do us any good to neglect or bash an entire arm of the church. No. And so doing this well is a passion of mine. I love that it's a passion of yours. Yeah. Working together with you, brainstorming with you, getting your ideas out there. You're one of those new people that Yay. I want to be up on that platform. Okay, so it's new it's new voices, it's new faces. What I would else? say so. I mean Mary Lindenberg is my keynote and she might have the she she would be known because she has a book coming out. She's a big blogger on like Take Up and Read. And, you know, so people on the internet know Mary. Um, she was also like a big speaker at the Adele conference, which happened in Austin that was put on by Jen Fulweiler and Hallie Lord. And so people got to hear Mary. That's where I was introduced to her. So she definitely, you know, she's friends with like Danielle Bean. She's friends with this very interesting, like cool OG Catholic women. You know what I mean? Like the OG. Um, and then I have Allie Hoffman, who is in the young, she's young. She's in her 20s and she's oodles of doodles. Um, a lot, 12,000 people are following her on Instagram. She's very into the young adult scene. Like I said, she's not married, you know, so she has this whole different, she's in that Dallas cool young, whatever. Mm-hmm. She goes all over speaking. And then there's you, who I have just yeah. watched rock this podcast and you're in the middle of you know we've got mary who's in the empty nest we've got ali who mm-hmm. hasn't started her nest and you're mm-hmm. sitting in the middle of your nest mm-hmm. and i love that because this is not a mom's conference mm-hmm. this is not a young adult conference this is a women's conference and it kind of stops it there about the women's conference all right so we all happen to be women but now let's get to work yeah so there's a safe space about that being female right but like let's really dive into stuff I'm having it at the Lost Pines Resort. That is a bougie resort. We made it super affordable. I want you floating in a river, having a spa treatment, and then when we come in, let's get to it. Mm-hmm. Play hard, pray harder. Mm-hmm. I think there's that's what I do. I can. That's why I work with teens, and you work with young adults too, college ministry. You've got to be able to have your foot on both of those. Let's yeah. talk about Marvel. Let's talk about making out, and now let's talk about Jesus. You know, like... <laughs> You've got to be able to be right, like in both those worlds, not yeah. of the world, but in the world yeah. in a way that yeah. you can function. That's what I want in this this conference. Well, I appreciate your vision so much because I feel like I've always operated as kind of this this rogue agent. Like I, I mean, I was the fifth grader that hated new kids on the block. Yeah. Why? Because everyone else loved them. Okay. So sorry. This so is a it, this is a very validating podcast. I just want to say that right now. <laughs> We're oh having my a gosh, I'm having, having... We're having an eye moment right here. Like, you have what? no idea. Yeah. So I hated them. Golly. And it was Amen. really more about an embracing of my personality than it was a rejection of their music. Yeah. I was just putting a stake in the ground of I'm not going to just follow anyone off a cliff. And that feels important to lay right now. Like, that feels yeah. important to, like, put that in the ground right now yeah. in the fifth grade. So... As far as, you know, people kind of questioning your joy. Yeah. You know? Oh, all the like, time. I, but I was born that way, so yeah, I, don't I don't know what to say about that. <laughs> okay, so people yeah. are often kind of questioning my rebelliousness, which, I, by the way, I have some really rebel friends that are hearing this going, oh my gosh, you're so not rebellious. But I've never really done things quite the way they were supposed to be done. And I think it's because I have a, a, a foot in a lot of circles, whether it's my Protestant circle um, and my Catholic circle or my right circle and my left circle, my conservative circle, my liberal circle. I have a, I have a lot of circles. Really, You're not being a rebel just to be a rebel. I'm not. Which that's the, I mean, like, like this is this is literally who I am. And that's what I think is frustrating for people who do go against the grain, but they're not doing it just to do it. No, yeah. You're not going against the grain just to be countercultural, yeah. to go against the grain. Yeah. This is who you are. I'm not trying to be loud and obnoxious and funny and joyful just because like that just seems like a fun thing to do. That's literally what comes naturally. And I think like, that's why I think I connected with you for so much because I see you. Here's what I say all the time. And and this might be also, and I'm not going to speak for you, but this might be also why you come at, we tend, you and me tend to end up at the same answer, but our journeys are different getting there. Yeah. And this might be your Thing. I don't know if this is mine. I feel like why I cringe at the whole women's ministry or women, whatever, femininity, whatever, is because 
I am either the most liberal person in the room or the most conservative person in the room. Really? I'm either not pious enough yeah. or I am too prude. Yeah. Like it just depends on which group of women I'm with Absolutely. or what we're doing. Oh, you don't veil? Oh, so you don't believe in Jesus? Wait, no. How did we get to that? Like, what? I don't even understand what you're saying. Oh, you watched The Bachelor? Oh, okay. So what, you're not Catholic anymore? Wait, that doesn't... Is that what we're saying? Or, oh, you go to Mass every Sunday? Wow. Oh, you you didn't... Ha- you practiced NFP? Oh, okay. I guess we have nothing to talk about. Wait, wait a second, guys. That doesn't... So it depends yeah. on which circle I'm talking Absolutely. to. I'm either way to this or way to that. And as women, it's like, can we just cut it out? Yeah. Like, why do we have to have these labels of, well, if you checkmark all these boxes, then you're a this kind of woman. And if you checkmark all these boxes, then you're this kind of woman. Now try to apply that to ministry. So when people are like, could you come and speak? What could you speak on? I'm like, well, you tell me your group. Right. (laughs) What are we going for? (laughs) Because I fit into a lot of places. Mm -hmm. And not because I'm wishy-washy, not because I don't know who I am, but because I'm a human. And guess what? People are not black and white. They're complicated. They're messy. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't just evenly fit in someplace, but they want you to. They want you to just show up and be, hi, I'm Kim Kardashian. I'm hot. That's what I bring today. Right. Poor Kim. Maybe she has more than that. I don't know. I haven't seen it. But I I'm just saying. Seen it. I haven't seen it, but I'm putting it out there. I'm just saying she could offer more. It's possible. Kanye saw something, okay? <laughs> well. I mean, did he? I don't know. We're, we're kidding. Okay, you can't say. We should support Kim. Way to go, Kim. Um, but do you know what I'm saying? Like Quit blowing out Kim's candle. Jeez, right? <laughs> I just want her face. Anyway. Um, but she's been really real lately. I don't know if you've seen on her social media. She's been showing her face with psoriasis. She suffers from psoriasis. Get out. Yeah. So she's been posting in the last few weeks. She just did one yesterday of her face right now, broken out with psoriasis. And I have to commend her for that because guess what? She doesn't have to. Right. She has a bajillion dollars in a body for days. You Whatever. Just, you just broke into Kim Kardashian's psoriasis. I want to watch you get this back on track. Okay. <laughs> the point is. Because <laughs> you're going to do it. It's what's fascinating. That is the whole point, is that we are more than the labels that people say that we are. But whatever it is even about women. Even if you're KK. Even if you're KK. <laughs> but as a group of women, we we tend to, and I'm going to make a stereotype, we tend to go to what's comfortable, which is let's clump together mm-hmm. and let's make a judgment about her. Mm-hmm. And now because I say the judgment about her and you all agree then that is now the label that we've put on her. And she knows that's what high school was about. That's what junior high was about. That's what that book and uh, the movie Mean Girls was about, was calling women out saying, stop it. Mm -hmm. That's what Oprah did years of television on, Mm -hmm. which was stop clumping together because it's easy. That's what we do as women. Mm -hmm. And saying, we're going to label her as, let's talk about the breakfast club, the prom queen or the weirdo. Those were Mm -hmm. the two women. It was Ali Sheedy and it was uh, Molly Ringwald. Mm -hmm. So that's what you are. You're either really weird and gothy and strange and you just, you know, wear black lipstick and you journal or you're hot and everybody votes for you and you make out with boys and And put your lipstick on between your boobs. That's what you do. Mm -hmm. Those are your choices. And as females, we tend to see, but we see it in the Catholic world. Now we don't have those two options, but it kind of boils down to two options. It's interesting how as women, it makes us feel comfortable, but what is that about? Mm -hmm. Why do we need to label our other female, like, allies in order to come to terms with who we think we are on this planet? How does that make her feel better? But there's a reason, because there's always a benefit to what we do. So what is the benefit of doing that to another female? And I think we see that go into women's ministry. Hence, brought it back to KK. There we go. (laughs) (laughs) Boom. No, but it's true. I think we desperately want to belong, but God yearns for us a greater belonging than the than the lines that we set up for ourselves. It's like we put these borders around our groups so that we can have this comfort of belonging. And it's natural to want to belong. God wants that for us, but he wants for us a godly belonging that transcends. We we put lines where there were none intended. And and what I love what you've done with Genius is that you have wiped out the lines between and you have drawn this very large circle that incorporates all women at all stages of life, all vocations, and maybe not even Catholic even. Yeah. And and you have said, come and belong, and let's belong to one another, and let's belong to the Lord, and let's figure out what that means for us. And in doing that, you've created a space for me where I've never felt like I've had one, and I'm just deeply appreciative. Yeah. So thank oh, you thank you. That's, the, that's exactly what I want. That's what I want for... 
because I think the enemy likes us all segregated Absolutely. and wanting. There is a yearning, like what you said. We do yearn, and I'm. That's beautiful. Why do we yearn to be a part of something? Because God created it that way. Mm-hmm. But the way that we are applying it is all I'm calling to the carpet. Mm-hmm. I'm saying, okay, but. Is this the way that God intended? You don't have to blow out the candle of the woman that you don't understand or see in order to keep what you already have. Just incorporate her in with her gifts. What does yeah. she bring to the table? Yeah. Um, you know, when I think about some of the reasons that I've been resistant to to women's ministry, I, I it's it's because I do think it's important. You You keep asking, what's that about? What's that about? We really need to analyze our motives. We really need to look at the sin beneath the sin and perhaps uncover some idolatry. And maybe it's comfort. I don't know. I don't, am am I uncomfortable in these spaces because I'd really kind of rather have my meltdown in private? Mm. Am, Am I uncomfortable because I do feel kind of shoved into a group that I don't feel defines me very well? I don't know. But I do think it's important to analyze those reasons and then figure out what's wrong with me. The problem might not be with women's ministry. The problem might be with me. Um, but when you can create a space where, where there really are very little rules about how to come and be, it's really just a place to encounter the Lord. Then we've removed a lot of potential for misunderstanding in the very first place. Exactly. Yeah. And that's what we need to, that's what we need to start doing. It needs to not be about exactly what it needs to be an inclusive area of where, yeah, we're all women great god made us that and there's a reason for that but now what can we learn and grow from each other instead of segregating and pairing off and being whatever let's just all come to the table and let's eat the same thanksgiving meal you know Mm -hmm. what i'm saying so Mm -hmm. what if you're vegan so what if you Mm -hmm. hate turkey so what if you don't like mashed potatoes so let's just all sit at the same table i love it and all the foods are on the table and that's okay (laughs) you eat you don't eat them don't eat them that's so great. Yeah. Um, I, I believe in women. I'm a champion of women. I love women. I couldn't take my next breath without the women in my life. I, I tend to exaggerate. But honestly, I mean, I, I just beautiful. really believe in us to do amazing things for the church right now. Thank you for empowering us. Thank sure. you for giving us a place. How do we sign up? What do we do? Please go to www.sheisgenius.com. You can also find it through the Fullness of Truth um, website, my personal website, if anybody wants to follow me or if you need a speaker or an MC, um, I'm at www.thelivharrison.com. That's also my Instagram, thelivharrison. I know that's obnoxious. I know. But Liv Harrison was already taken. <laughs> so that's why my social media uh, creator who did my website and branding, yeah. um, she was like, so that's already taken, but the is not. And I was like, that sounds a little pretentious to come on the scene and be like, hi, I'm the Liv Harrison. Um, but there we go. That's what we have to work with. So the Liv Harrison, but the conference is She is Genius. It's May 17th through 19th at Lost Pines. And when I say it's going to be different, but in a really wonderful yeah. way, lots of time there'll be lots of time to enjoy the resort and to do things like that. But then when we get there to the to the real parts, I've chosen people like Allison Sullivan, um, Allie Hoffman, Mary Lindenberg to go there and take us places that we haven't maybe gone before. Mm. Intentional. It's all been very intentional. And we'll have praise and worship and all sorts of stuff. So... It's going to be fantastic. Come join us. Bring whoever. I don't care. The money is kind of really amazing, too. It's, mm. uh, it's about as cheap as you could get it to be. It's going to be awesome. So excited. I, I feel like this word has been um, overused so that it's kind of lost it's lost its oomph. It's, it's lost its power. But people that are hungry for authenticity I know. will not leave feeling empty. Exactly. Yeah. I let's reclaim that word because I need it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, right? It's a good one. <laughs> it's a good one. Authentic. But then it automatically makes you just stop. But exactly. That's exactly right. An authentic women's conference talking about genius, and that's what we are. But we want to be challenged, and yeah. we want to hear the truth, that's and exactly we want right. to focus on the gospel. And I and love if you it. want to watercolor, go watercolor too. I'm not going to stop you from that. You know, like that's, <laughs> there's, going to, there's going to be space and time for that as well. Sure. But uh, but it is going to be from a different lens yeah. and in a, in a good way, not in a scary. Nobody's going to have to like. <laughs> it's beautiful. It's 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 just you walk in the door and you walk in. Period. Mm-hmm. That's it. It's just about you. Mm-hmm. Forget all the stuff. I want I want the women who come to not worry about what they're coming as. I want them just to come as themselves. Period. And then we're gonna have an incredible weekend together. We are diverse image bearers of God. Yep. Thank you, Liv. Oh, you, thanks, girl. friend. Love you.
best friend and I certainly don't have all the answers, but that's never stopped us when it comes to matters of the heart from trying to comprehend, evaluate, analyze, apply, and synthesize. Wait, is that Bloom's taxonomy? I knew we were onto something. This is me, my best friend Kristen, and your questions. Hey, Beefy. Hello, my Center Saint sister. I just had an awesome conversation with Liv Harrison. As you know, she has asked me on um, to the Genius Conference, and we spent a lot of time. I know, so excited. But we spent a lot of time talking about how women's ministry can unintentionally, inadvertently make some women feel excluded. I was... um, I had a funny experience with a dear friend. We, our kids play sports at, um, at a church through a, a church league. And there was a flyer in the women's bathroom and the flyer was an invitation to a Bible study. And it said J O B and her heart leapt. She's a working mom and her heart leapt. She was like, Oh, a Bible study for, for moms who have jobs. This is wonderful. And I'm like, girl, you know, that's on the book of Job. What? <laughs> <laughs> What are you thinking? But anyways, we just laughed because a lot of times women's ministry, while trying to open a large enough umbrella to suit all women, that's just really hard to do. What's your experience with with women's ministry? Because you you walk in a lot of circles. Well, it's interesting that right now women's ministry is a big issue at my church because with the Methodist church, every few years, um, pastors change. So the pastor that we've had for eight years who's a male, is um, now moving to another church, and we are getting a female pastor. Our associate pastor is a female, and our director of adults ministries is a female. So we should be rocking and rolling some serious women's ministries. You know, as somebody who has a foot in the working world and the working working outside the home world and the working in the home world, I still struggle because, you know, there'll be a, an event for women that work outside the home at seven o'clock in the morning. And that's on a day where I'm home and I need to be getting kids ready for school. And then there'll be a Bible study from nine to 11 for moms that work at home. And that doesn't work because that's the day I'm in the office. So I still feel like, you know, it's just hard to, to make either work sometimes. Yeah. It reminds me of when I was doing nonprofit. I had a nonprofit in Minnesota And it was teaching inmates how to train shelter dogs. And then we would go out into the community and provide social therapy to people who lived in nursing homes. And an incredible ministry. It was a lifetime ago, but such a fun lifetime ago. I I loved that work. But um, I, it was interesting to me how when the community started to know about the program and the criticism came in, which I knew that it would, um, a lot of the criticism was about um, you know, coddling criminals. And so they didn't like all the mercy being thrown around all willy nilly, you know? And, um, and, you know, I'm usually really sensitive to criticism. And in this one case I wasn't, and it was because I knew one program is never going to perfectly balance the mercy and justice of Jesus Christ. He is the only person that can perfectly do that. And so knowing the shortcomings of my program kind of made me like shrug it off. Like, this is what I'm passionate about. This is what I feel called to do. And so I'm just going to walk in that and love people wildly while I do it. Um, But I think in women's ministry where everyone kind of gets their feelings hurt is that we are trying to perfectly balance these things and it is in the name of Jesus. And so, you know, leaving out one circle or having it in an awkward time for one group. I mean, it's hard. It's hard to get exactly right. And that's, what's exciting about this conference is that, the idea is for women to just show up as you, just you. You don't, Here, you don't have to be a mom. You don't have to be a wife. You don't have to be a friend. You just need to be someone dearly loved. Just show up as someone loved. I love that. I love that. I think it's about finding the right common denominator. Um, I think sometimes we focus on trying to reach a certain type of woman rather than reaching what hopefully our hearts are all longing for. So I see it as like a difference between like a social focus versus a spiritual focus. And so we have these social activities that get a bad, you know, rap or can turn off certain people because, you know, we have these women's Funko events or women's mommy events um, where we try to address the person rather than the heart. And so 
like one thing that comes to mind is our church had an event recently and it was it wasn't scrapbooking but it was like paper crafting we have this woman who can take a piece of paper and turn it into work of art it is an absolute gift it's a love language she uses it to bless people with um cards and gifts she probably um, prays while she does it it's probably meditative totally totally <laughs> yeah. um, it's beautiful but so. it is not my jam and it will never be my jam however because the event was set up to where there were like small groups of women sitting together um, doing these crafts while they were talking about their stories, about their walks, about their faiths, I absolutely showed up to struggle with a glue dot for two hours, <laughs> which is what I did, um, so that I could have that sort of connection. Right. You know? So I think maybe if we switch switch what it is we're trying to accomplish and and market um, our women's ministries that way, maybe maybe that ends up uh, touching more people and bringing people in for the for the bigger reason. That's so good. Cause so you mentioned two things there that really catch my attention. You were talking about, so spiritual, not social, and then the common denominator. Okay. Aren't we all craving Jesus? So, so yes. let's, let's market it that way. Aren't we all yearning yeah. for deeper intimacy with the gospel? Um, okay. Here's the question from our listener. She says, I find it hard to attend church on mother's day. And I know that I'm not alone. Are me and the people who feel this way bad people for skipping church that day? What are your thoughts? No. <laughs> My first thought is no. Uh, you know, I, when I was in um, on staff at our church, I was part of a group that thought it was an excellent idea to buy flowers for all the women that came to church that day. And I think we asked women to stand so that we could acknowledge them but I definitely learned through that experience and some hurt feelings or at the very least like discomfort that um that that's just a hard day for some people for a lot of people they're not a day of celebration for everyone we try to focus more on Mary than the mothers um in the congregation and we have um had a moment of gratitude for the nurturers in our life, um, those that we nurture, those that have nurtured us, and include men in that as well. So I feel like we're definitely maybe not getting it all the way right, but taking steps in the right direction for sure. And that that's just it, I think, listener, because I I, I feel you. I, I don't know if it's the empath in me, but um, I find myself sitting through church bracing a lot, you know, like yeah. just kind of bracing and, and balancing joy and sadness. But w for me, it's intention. I mean, if you're just kind of doing this in a cavalier way that's not thoughtful to every woman in the room, then that does, that does feel upsetting. But if you're at least trying, um, you know, to do this in a sensitive way, knowing that this is a sensitive topic, doing this in a sensitive way. So do you, if you need to skip a day of church, then I, I understand. And I want to hug you. I mean, it really does make yeah. me teary, but I also think that your church really needs your feedback, really needs yeah. your voice, you know, asking the question of your church leaders, can you meet other people in their pain? Um, so if you're going to honor mothers at church, then at least do it well. There's so much pain surrounding motherhood. I've never, I've never needed a perfect church, but I do need a humble church. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love you listener in small ways. Um, I understand there was, there were a lot of years of infertility in there. And so I, um, I know that, um, pain is always unique, but, um, but I, I feel with you and wish I could hug you. And I'm going to be praying for you on Mother's Day this year. Amen. Thanks, Beefy. Amen. Love you. Love you. Bye. Bye. I've never met anyone like Mary. Well, technically I've never met Mary. You see we're internet friends, but don't let that fool you. This internet connection runs deep. Mary is so many things all at the same time. With one sentence, she can make me laugh, cry, think, and deeply, deeply feel. There's just something about Mary. You'll see. I have benefited greatly from women's ministry at various times. It has brought me closer to the Lord, kept me sane, helped me make friends. But there are also times when women's ministry has made me feel root-bound. Have you seen a root-bound plant? It usually happens when the planter is too small and a plant's roots get all curled up and tangled because they have nowhere to go. It is difficult for the plant to get water and it sucks up all the nutrients in the limited soil and then starves. The plant needs space to grow. 
Sometimes women's ministry can feel like that, like the planter is too small, like the need to dress a certain way or have color-coordinated table settings at the meet-and-greet coffee, or the need to share the same kinds of things that everyone else is sharing can starve us. The planter can feel too small. It's okay to need to stretch our roots out a bit, to taste new soil, soak up more nutrients. We can try new things, whether it's meditation or a retreat with another group or adoration or time alone with the Lord. It's okay to take a break. True ministry will still be there when you're ready. All to Jesus I surrender all to Him. Dear God, we come to you needy for you. As we plan and attend and consider gathering with other women to learn and worship and create community, please give us patience and endurance and fortitude. Sustain us, Lord. Give us humble hearts as we connect and talk and teach and lead. Give us the courage as we gather to step outside of our comfort zones and jump off script with people and follow your leading. Help us, God, to treat everyone as you would, with love and warmth. Please, God, remove any obstacles or distractions that might prevent us from receiving one another and encountering more of you. Replace our wounds with healing and worship. Thank you for loving us, God, and for showing us through Jesus how to reach out to one another. We worship you. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Pleasures all forsaken. Take me, Jesus, take me now. I surrender all. I surrender. And for this episode, a special thank you to Liv Harrison. To book Liv as a speaker or MC, go to theliveharrison.com and follow her on Instagram at theliveharrison. Please visit sheisgenius.com to learn more about the Genius Conference, May 17th through 19th. Thank you to Pamela Anthony Cutright and Chen Redfield for music. Thank you to Kristen Kelly and Mary Bishop. For more of Mary's writing, head to madeforordinarytime.wordpress.com. Center Saint Sister now has a Patreon page. Please consider supporting Center Saint Sister by searching for Allison Sullivan on patreon.com. Many episodes are now only available for patrons. Send us your questions at centersaintsister at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at Allison M. Sully. Don't forget to review, like, and subscribe, and tune in next week.